Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. Welcome to the show. So go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Hi, thank you so much for having me. My name's Tyler Chanel. I am the blogger behind Thrifts and Tangles. So over there, it's an ethical lifestyle blog. I talk about uh, thrifting, sustainability, and natural hair. My goal is to encourage women to give all of those three things a chance. And I want them to know you don't have to spend a lot of money doing that. Like a lot of people are like, oh, you know, it costs a ton of money to be sustainable. And that's not the case at all. So I share like educational tips and um, I try to be inspirational over there. And I try to make it kind of fun and silly. So it's not, those are some topics that can get really serious. So I try to make like, you know, make it more digestible and less overwhelming. Um, and yeah, that, that's a little bit about me. I'm also the creator of the influencer rate calculator, um, which we could talk about a little bit later. Um, I just want to help people, you know, figure out how to charge their worth and add tax to it. Because especially as women, um, I feel like uh, we sometimes undercharge ourselves. and my audience is mostly black women. And I feel like people of color, you know, really un- undercharge themselves. So I try to kind of cover all of those topics uh, over on Thrifts and Tangles. Thank you. That means a lot. I'm all about like aesthetic and design. And I used to redesign my blog like every week because I was like, I, it needs to be perfect. So <laughs> I finally found something like a look that I like. Um, and I even found topics that I like because I was kind of all over the place with topics. So that means a lot. Thank you. Obviously, these are topics that you are passionate about. Like I assume you wouldn't be like spending all of your time and energy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sharing what you don't care about. But for you, where did the transition happen where it was something that you cared about, sustainability and, you know, in your hair and all of that um, to sharing it with other people? When did that kind of occur for you? Yeah. So um, I've always been obsessed with blogs. Like I was always reading blogs all the time when I was in high school. And I was like, I was telling everyone, you know, I want to be a blogger and being a blogger wasn't really a lucrative business back then. It was kind of something people did as a hobby and did for fun. Um, But I really wanted to have a voice online. And so I actually, I model occasionally. So I modeled for a Paul Mitchell hair show and they like cut off pretty much like, you know, all of my dead ends. I was straightening my hair every day. Like I had a perm, like my hair was not healthy. Um, and so, um, they were promoting their new curly hairline. And so they like, you know, chopped off all of my dead ends. They styled my hair curly and it looked so cool. They gave me like hot pink highlights, which is totally outside of my comfort zone, but it looked really cool and edgy. And I was like, you know what? I've been wanting to go online and you know find a way to become a blogger. And I said, now is the perfect time for me to start um, documenting, documenting my natural hair journey. So I started talking about hair on my blog. My blog was like a totally different name than it is now. Um, but I was talking about hair. Um, and I'm, I'm a little bit lazy when it comes to my hair. I wear like the same three to five hairstyles. I use the same few products. Like I was like, I can't really only talk about hair. Like I'm running out of content and I'm not as inspired by talking about my own hair. So I started a series on my blog called The Curl Files, where I started interviewing other people about their natural hair journey. And the one thing that's amazing about the natural hair journey is it's really like a discovery of, you know, a discovery within and learning yourself. And so it's always deeper than hair once you start opening up those conversations. Um, So I started talking about that on my blog and um, 
then in real life, a lot of people were asking me like, oh, where'd you get your outfits? You know, uh, you know, they, they wouldn't believe me because I was really into thrifting and I'm like, oh, my outfit only costs like $5. And so I got that a lot in real life. And I said, you know what, what if I start talking about my thrifted outfits online too and showing and inspiring people to, you know, check out their thrift stores because I was getting stuff from the thrift store that you could get at the mall, you know, at a way better price point. And even um, I was able to afford things I normally couldn't afford at the mall because, you know, thrifting you could get in Vegas. You, If you go to the Goodwill Clearance Center, you can get like 50 pounds of clothes for $10. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and that's where I was shopping a lot. So um, I was using my platforms to kind of talk about I really got into sustainability. I actually read Marie Kondo's book. I don't know if you ever read the Japanese, what is it? The Japanese Art of Tidying Up. I always get the name wrong. Um, did you ever read that? I haven't read it, but I've heard of it for sure. Okay. And she, yeah, she has her Netflix series and whatnot. So one day I read the book. It was like, you know, trending online or whatever. So I said, let me read this. And that book totally changed the outlook, you know, on on my whole life because I was thrifting all the time as a blogger, as a YouTuber, whatever it is, like being online on Instagram, everyone hears people say, you know, you can't post the same outfit twice. And, you know, you have to always have a new outfit and a new look and you have to do haul videos and haul videos um, where you show all the clothes you bought were, were really popular on YouTube. And that's what my audience really liked to see. So I was going to the thrift store like three times a week, I was going to the Goodwill Clearance Center where I was getting 50 pounds of clothes three times a week. And even though I was, you know, um, thrifting, so it was a more sustainable way to shop, I didn't really care about sustainability. I only thrifted because, you know, it was an affordable way for me to get a ton of clothes. And so after reading um, The Japanese Art of Tidying Up, she's like, you know, focus on items that bring you joy. Uh, less is more and kind of that minimalist mindset uh, she really promotes. And I realized I had a ton of clothes that I was thrifting that I maybe would wear once. You know, I'd post to YouTube, post to Instagram, and then I wouldn't wear it again. I was trying to keep up with trends, trying to, you know, appear. I don't even know. I was trying to keep, you know, keep up with the Joneses. I was wearing outfits that like I was wearing heels in my photos. Like I don't wear real, like in real life, I don't wear heels. So why am I, <laughs> you know, doing all of these things for the gram? Um, and so after reading that book, I was like, okay, this is totally not sustainable. Um, all of the clothes I end up buying at the thrift store just ends up going back to the thrift store. And it was just kind of a cycle that was very problematic. Um, and so that made me figure out like, okay, how can I, how can I enjoy the items I own? Um, what does less is more really mean to me? And what am I going to do with all of this crap I just bought <laughs> from the thrift store that I'm not going to wear? Um, so I started getting into hosting clothing swaps back when I lived in Vegas. Um, I opened them up to the public because I didn't want to give all of my, like, you know, hundreds of pounds of clothes back to the thrift store. So I was like, let me open it up to the community, um, invite people to, you know, get clothes for free. And that really opened the door for me for sustainability. Um, and one thing I always say on my blog is that sustainability is one of those things where like you dip your toe in, you know, you get a little feel for it. And then once you're in, like you want to just keep going deeper, like the water's nice, like let's learn more. And so I started figuring out, you know, what, what, what is sustainability actually? And I started diving into sustainable fashion and I watched a documentary called The True Cost. And that documentary just talks about all of the problems with fast fashion and how, you know, it exploits workers and it's bad for the planet. And I, it just like unlocked this whole like rabbit hole for me to figure out, okay, maybe I should be sustainable. And it was something I was super passionate about. And I was like, okay, 
right now I'm just talking about fashion and hair, specifically thrifted fashion and hair. But what if I talk about, you know, the bigger picture and um, expand it to how these things affect people and the planet? And that's kind of how it all came together. Um, and, and at the time when I wanted to talk about sustainability, I was like, it makes no sense. I can't cover this. Everyone's going to be confused. Uh, but now that I talk about all those three things, they kind of mesh really well together. And um, I'm, I'm super passionate about it because I, I was losing passion for just fashion and hair. So I think now that I have something like a more important message to share, I'm really like gung ho about showing up online and providing content and hopefully and, and helping other people learn that they could be sustainable um, and they don't have to spend a, a ton of money to do so. I love it. And I, I can even recall, you know, when I first kind of learned about their Centangles and going through and I think there I think you had kind of like a guide or a thrift store guide or much uh, you must have mentioned some tips or something like that and and I started using them I was like let me go take myself to the little thrift store to see how I can do in here okay and so it is something that can quickly um become because it's affordable almost like <laughs> turn into its own thing because then it's like well if I if I buy this stuff it's so much cheaper than if I were to buy other things um, and I think like you mentioning, well, just because it's affordable doesn't necessarily mean it's sustainable for you as an individual, for one, but also just in general, right? Like, what is it that we would need, you know, 150 pounds worth of clothing <laughs> weekly for? Mm-hmm. What? Why not? You know, if we're going to change six times a day, anyone who wants to do that, live your whole best life. But you know, I think that you mentioned what you mentioned sounds a little bit like really coming to a place where you uh, have to reevaluate things like balance and, you know, in, intentionality and strategy. And, you know, what is it that you're working toward in the midst of like the grander scheme or everything else also going on, especially because this is also like your job, right? So mm-hmm. it's how do you um, manage to keep those, those scales weighted out to where it's not burning you out, um, but also still providing value for your audience and not being afraid to pivot because your audience, the people that are for you are going to be for you no matter what, it sounds like. You know what I mean? Like the the people that are really rocking with you and appreciate, you know, your storytelling and how you deliver content are going to want to consume pretty much anything that um, you end up creating. Now, that could be different for everyone, but um, I think that there's something that's very significant about standing within yourself because we're also human, right? Like we evolve as humans, so we're never going to stay the same forever. It would be it would be one kind of boring, and two, it just wouldn't necessarily make sense for us to not evolve as people, and for if we have a personal brand, for our brand to not also evolve with us as a person. So I love that you're talking about your process of evolution and how um, how it's naturally kind of evolved into what feels like it's sustainable and exciting for you to continue to share about. So I absolutely love that. And um, I appreciate everything you're sharing. While in the back of my head, I'm also thinking about Fashion Nova. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm like, oh, Fashion Nova. They they have. It's funny because uh, they do have some great pieces, right? And like all of their items end up in the thrift store because people don't really wear their items that many times. They might wear it once or twice. Um, I think the average, you know, woman wears their items maybe seven times before they get rid of it. So I'm like, I, I feel less guilty getting Fashion Nova <laughs> if it's from the thrift store. But one thing I want to say, and I think um, to dive deeper into like the content I create. All of my friends, like even people I've met for like once or twice, like if I could talk about, you know, quote unquote taboo subjects like money, race, religion, like all of these things, that's what really like fuels the fire in my heart and I'm super passionate about. And I think, you know, me adding sustainability to my content allowed me to start, you know, sharing not so much religion, but very much talking about money, which I've always loved talking about money um, and uh, race too, because race plays a big role into, um, you know, some of the things going on in the fast fashion industry. And even with thrifting, like there's a lot of like, I, I feel like no matter what you look at, like race is like an underlying factor that comes in. So I think that's why I'm really excited about the content I create because I can find, I found a way um to start talking about, you know, stuff like race. And I told my fiance a long time ago, I was like, do I want to start a separate blog where I could talk about African-American history and this and that? Because those were always the classes I loved in college, like African-American literature, history, anything like that. Um, I found so interesting. And I was like, I can't talk about this online. But now that I, you know, kind of found a way to talk about it um, within my niche, I think that's why I'm always you know, I'm, I'm always happy to share and I'm always learning. And like you said, learning and growing um, and my audience is, you know, there for it. And if, if they don't like it, um, you know, it's okay. They they don't, they can, you know, unfollow and, and whatnot. I don't care so much about numbers. I care about, you know, cultivating a community that feels safe and seen and um, is learning and growing with me. I absolutely love that. Yeah. I think, well, I, I don't know if we can, everything has like race, you know, latent in it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. sprinkled in some way, shape and form. And so it's, I love that you've been able to find a, a way to infuse that into the work that you do as well. The, the topics that you're passionate about and things that are just serious. You know what I mean? Like, yes, the internet is fun and frilly and sunshine and rainbows and great for entertainment and whatnot, but it's also greatly used to educate and to spread information and to, um, you know, enlighten people in areas that they were not otherwise taught. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. I think that um, being able to utilize it in the way that feels best fit for you is amazing. And obviously the internet's not going anywhere, right? And so we're talking, you mentioned one of the things that you really like talking about is money. That's one of the things I like talking about too. Yes. <laughs> So I would love to hear because you mentioned, you know, being the creator of um, the influencer rate calculator. There's I have a couple of questions because I think there are so many people listening who want to either move into, you know, online business in some way, want to be an influencer, have questions like how does the whole thing, how does it even work? Like how do how do influencers even like make money or whatever? Um, For you, what is it that led you to creating? the influencer rate calculator and how does it affect support help influencers to better position themselves in the business yeah so um the influencer rate calculator it, it was never meant to be a digital product it was never meant to be something i was going to sell it was literally like for my use only <laughs> like i was like i it, when i was in college i was an engineering major for 3 years and i'm like I needed like, I, I like mathematical formulas to kind of figure out, um, 
you know, this is my rate. This is what I charge. So in the influencer space, I, I knew people were making money, but I was like, how much money are they making? You know, what do I charge? And so brands, especially last year, my account, um, I got a ton of new followers, um, you know, during like the Black Lives Matter movement. And, you know, people were, you know, saying follow black creators and all this stuff. So I, I reached 10,000 followers. And once you reach that mark, that's when brands really start coming into your inbox and saying, Hey, we want to work with you. You know, what do you charge? And then they do the back and forth of like, well, you know, you ask them what's your budget and they're like, well, what's your rate? And it's a back and forth. And I didn't really have a rate that was set. The first time I ever had a brand reach out to me, they wanted to do a sponsored post on my Instagram page and they wanted to pay me $30 for it. And I was like, you know what? I've never been paid before. I was super excited, but I was not like, I had zero like money mindset, zero business savviness. Like, so they said, you know, for $30, what can you give us? I said, I could give you a blog post for $30 and an Instagram post. And they're like, oh, you know, we only want an Instagram post. So we'll give you an Instagram post for $15. <laughs> so I totally cut, I could have said, I give you an Instagram post for $30, but I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and so I started like feeling more comfortable charging a little bit of money. So I was charging $200 for an Instagram post, which I thought was great. Um, but then I started, I was like, am I actually, you know, charging my worth? Because this is a lot of work. Like people who are getting paid to post to Instagram, um, it, it might seem like, oh yeah, you're just posting a picture. No, like there's so much back and forth going back and forth with the brand. You have to come up with concepts. You have to do location scouting to figure out where you're going to shoot. You have to come up with outfits. You have to do your hair and makeup. You have to show up as a model. You know, you have to pose and, um, then you have to create a caption and then you have to uh, have engagement after, um, you know, comment back to anyone who comments on your post. You have to promote the post to IG story. Like there's a lot that goes on. It might take, for me, it takes me like six hours to do one Instagram post. And so for $200, I was like, okay, I feel like I'm not really um, making, you know, charging my worth because when it comes down to my hourly fee, I'm like, I'm not charging enough. Like I'm not happy with this number. So I started doing a ton of research online to try to figure out what other influencers are charging. And there's not a lot of info out there. Like people will literally say, um, they're like very vague. They're like, oh, well, it depends. Or, you know, there's so many factors. And I'm like, well, can we get something together that, you know, um, like everything. And I work in insurance full time. So in insurance, um, I do property casualty insurance. I do like the graphic design and stuff for them, but I see what they do. And in our insurance company, you know, someone sends you, um, you know, whatever insurance they want you to write. And there's a, there's a formula, there's percentages and, you know, you just plug in the information and it shoots out a number and it's consistent. I'm like, if the insurance industry that's been around forever has a formula, why don't influencers, <laughs> you know, it's still a new space, but I'm like, we can easily get something like this. So I started doing a ton of research. I started asking a ton of influencers of different sizes, um, influencers who had a thousand followers, influencers who had 20,000 followers, even influencers who had 2 million followers. I literally asked everyone, what are you charging, you know, for this scenario? I did research. Um, I listened to people on the PR side to try to figure out, you know, what, the average rate they're seeing because they always say there is no average, but th th there has to be an average, you know. <laughs> if people are so, it's literally. <laughs> it's so I, I the messaging gets me gets on my nerves. So I said, you know what, I'm going to create something to help me figure out what to charge. So I I figured out um, after doing all my research, I kind of like uh, you know 
crunched the numbers and I figured out the percentages for different things. So what you should you charge as a base rate? Um, what should you charge for engagement rates? What should you charge for tech? Um, I literally, one day I was like, okay, if I spent this much money on tech, you know, what percentage should that, uh, what, what percentage should I make the brand pay for that access to that tech? So I went to like all of these camera rental websites and tech rental websites. And I just, you know, I did the math to figure out what are they charging, you know, like a per day rate. And I was like, we can just do that as influencers too. So I kind of did that. Um, There's all these different factors that come in play when you're working with brands. Like sometimes they'll ask you to do the swipe up feature. Sometimes they ask for video and video um, requires more work and more effort. So you should charge more for video. Um, They want usage. And so since I worked as a model as well, Models get paid really, really well just to show up to set for a couple of hours. And then if you model for a big brand campaign, like I modeled for Nike before um, when I first moved to LA, because my video, like commercial, whatever I shot for Nike got picked up um, for social media use, I got paid an extra fee for usage. So I kind of understood what models got paid for things. And I feel like influencers, you're doing even more work than models because you're the you know creative director, the photographer, sometimes you are the model, the hairstylist, all that stuff. You should be, I should be making more as an influencer than I'm making as a model. And at the time I wasn't. So there's all these things that come into play. Sometimes brands will write you and say, you know, we need content in two days. And it's like, okay, well, you you know, what, what percentage fee do we charge for that? And so anyways, I broke down all of the, all of the percentages. um, And I made a little spreadsheet that I was able to enter, like, what is my number of followers right now? What is my engagement rate? Do I have high engagement? Are they niche specific? Is it like a thrifting brand wanting access to my audience? Um, And it's just plug and play where I put the numbers in, it shoots out a number that is a scary number. (laughs) At the time, I was like, I will never charge that. That's so high. But for me, because it's like a logical calculation, I felt comfortable giving that number because I feel like a lot of influencers I talk to, they're like, well, we just throw out a number, but that's not, that's not really, I don't, that's not sustainable. Like you can't just give out random numbers just to see if a brand will pay it. I mean, you can, but for me, I'm like, I need to be able to break the number down if they want me to and have an understanding that, you know, this is a fair rate. This is what I deserve to be paid. Um, And so because the calculator literally spits out the number, I, I'm not like, well, it's, is it too high? Is it too? I'm not guessing. I'm like, this is what this is what it says to charge. I know this is industry standard because I did my research, and so I feel confident telling a brand what you're asking for costs four thousand dollars. And the brand's like, well, you know, we want to lowball you, whatever. And I'm like, I stand firm with my rate, and they usually say yes when I break down. This is why it costs this much, and if they don't. You know, if they want to lower it, we negotiate some of those things. Um, but it, it's, it's been a game changer. So, anyways, I created this as like a little tool to use for myself. And then um, I'm a part of a group called the Orange Collab, and we're like a community of influencers and entrepreneurs and all this stuff. And a lot of them are on Instagram too. So I shared it with them because it was really helpful for me to figure out how to quickly figure out what to charge for sponsored posts. And um, this thing, like, literally, I t- I plug in the numbers, and then like you know, ten maybe 20 seconds if I'm going real slow, it tells me a number to charge. So I was like, you know what? This has been really helpful for me. Let me share it with the OC girls just so they know what to charge and make sure they're charging enough because I'm like, hey, my rates have increased like, you know, three times since by three since using this number or since using this calculator. So you guys should try it too because I knew they were undercharging. And so the girls were like, yeah, Tyler, this is really good. Like, is this going to be available to the public? And they told me to, you know, uh, you know, pretty it up and 
put it out there. And I had no intentions of doing that, but I, I decided to hire like an app developer and all the stuff. And so he has it where it's like even easier to use than my little spreadsheet. It's like a drag and drop down window where you just fill out the information really quick and it shoots you out a number. But I found that every influencer who's bought my calculator so far, and my calculator is like $50 and you'll make your money back <laughs> like the first time you use it if the brand accepts your rate. But everyone I talk to has been able to get triple their rate. Um, I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people have been able to get triple their rate since using the calculator. And one girl wrote me, um, we found out we were on the same brand campaign and she had, I had 13,000 followers on Instagram and she had 26,000 followers. She found out we got paid the same rate because I asked for more money, even though I had less followers because I knew my worth. And so we've been talking and I was like, Hey, for your next campaign, I'll run your numbers. And so she got a great campaign with a big company and, um, the company wanted like a long-term partnership. And I asked her, you know, what would you charge the company? And she told me she would charge the company $6,000. Well, my rate calculator told her to charge $16,000 and she was scared, but you know, I told her that's what the calculator says. You can't argue with the number. She told them the number and they accepted that rate. So she made an extra $10,000 by using the calculator. Um, so it, it, it's awesome. Um, I, I love hearing feedback from people who like totally went from making like a couple hundred to making four to five figures from since using it. Literally my mouth dropped open. And, you know, I think that it's like you mentioned, such a, for whatever reason, right? Such a hush hush kind of conversation where you can't really find out you know, just you can't go on Indeed and type in like Instagram influencer and kind of see like what's the range of what people are getting paid in that because it's so, um, so varied and there isn't like a standard. And so I love that you have found a way to um, to add structure to it because getting paid is not willy nilly. So to throw some number, some arbitrary number out into the world or whatever, um, is not going to serve someone in the long run because how do you know what's replicable or what's, you know what I mean? Like what's, what's something that can be repeated over and over again um, based on fact, as opposed to based on how someone feels or how the wind is blowing that day. Cause I recall being on, I think, it, I think you were live and you were kind of breaking some of the things down and it made so much sense. I mean, I think a lot of people have um, trouble pricing period. Like, mm -hmm. like all like pricing courses, pricing, you know, services. Um, I think pricing in general is something that so many people struggle with that I love that you have this option for influencers to, to stop making it up. Okay. Stop mm -hmm. it and start having, um, actual business conversations because best believe the brands know their margins. They know what they can do and they know what they can't do. And if they they can whiff or they can get a sense of someone's level based on how that interaction goes, then they're going to take advantage as much as they possibly can. This is why brands like influencer marketing, because it's been heavily beneficial in their favor to be able to use, you know, small business owners who maybe don't know a lot about business just yet um, to, to work with them. And so I love that there, you have this standardized way of influencers being able to feel confident because 
they can say, well, this is why, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I said, missed opportunity, you know what I mean? Tax or something when you're, when you're alive. And I was like, that's absolutely genius because the time that I'm spending here doing this stuff means I can't be working on another campaign doing something else. Once I sign and say, I'm going to work with you. Well, now I can't, if another deal comes along, say, okay, yes, I'm going to do this another deal at the same exact time. And so it's just things that no one talks about. A lot of people don't go to business school. So it's like, we're not, we're not, um, picking up, uh, some of those things that are going to help for us to be able to make it beneficial for us as well. Like (laughs) beneficial for the brand, beneficial for our audience and beneficial for ourselves to be spending, like you mentioned, right. Hours on end doing all of this work. And so I think it kind of adds a level of professionalism to someone, to, to someone's, um, business to be able to do that. And I personally have not ventured into partnerships because I literally am like, I don't know how. So I'm just going to like leave that over there for now. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know what? We're just going to, we'll maybe get there one day, but I'm like, you know what? Let me go ahead and get me this. Let me get, let me get this influence, this influencer rate calculator so I can go ahead and make me my little 16K too. Yes. Um, I'm going to have to go ahead and, and get it myself. But I love that, you know, I think necessity breeds invention, I think is the saying, right? So Mm -hmm. you needed something, you created it. And those are the best inventions because it wasn't, it wasn't you trying to make money to try to create this calculator. You were just trying to solve your own problem. And in doing so, you've solved a problem for like so many other people. Mm -hmm. And that's something that, um, like for me, they, they do have free, you know, online calculators that will tell you a rate, but those calculators, I'm like, they don't factor in anything. Like I'm pretty sure they're the one who's told me to charge like, you know, a hundred bucks for a post. And, and and now that I know all of the things that go into it and all of the things that like, if I, if I'm paying a photographer $300 to take my pictures and I'm only charging a hundred dollars for my post, I'm losing money making content for you, you know? And so those calculators um, that are free and online, they, they don't, factor in all of the things and all your expertise. And especially if you've been doing this a long time, like you might've taken classes, you know, you've, you've worked on, you've just worked on so many things to build your skill set as an influencer. And my thing is I find that influencers don't see newer influencers. They don't tend to see what they're offering as a skill or a service. You know, they're like, well, you know, I'm happy to get free stuff. It's cool. It's fun, but you're really offering a service to a brand and that's why they're reaching out. And that's why they're asking for, you know, free content or trying to lowball you on content. And Brands have, there's been so many reports coming out where brands are like, like you said, we love influencer marketing because they're saving so much money and getting quality, amazing content, like user generated content through it. Um, So it's just very, I, I, I think if you are going the influencer route, just know that you are, you know, providing value, you're creating high quality content and you deserve to get paid for it. Um, one thing I did want to mention that you also mentioned was the like the opportunity cost and exclusivity. Okay, so especially like as a model, I have to be very careful about what brands I work with on Instagram because if I work with a hair brand and I become a face, you know, I, I create content for them and all the stuff. If another hair brand, and let's say they, say they paid me a couple hundred dollars, let's say another hair brand wanted to reach out to me and they're going to pay me a couple thousand dollars they're not going to work with me because I'm working with their competitor. So I've lost that opportunity to work with them. So that's kind of how that work, you know, that works out. And if you're, 
if you're the face of an, of someone's competitor, you're losing out on so much business. Like you need to get paid for the business that you're missing out on in that regard. And then um, if you tell me I can't work with – a lot of the time brands will say you can't work with our competitor for 30 days. Okay, but what if they write me and they, you know, they were going to pay me the same amount you were going to pay me. Now I'd have to decline it. Like I need to, you know, I need to, I need to get paid for that money that I'm, I'm telling, saying no to. Um, and so I think that's a really big reason because some people are like, well, why is the rate so high? Why are they getting paid all this money? But it's because of things like that where it's like it has to be worth my while because if it's if you don't charge what you're worth you will be resentful of your client or who you're working with. And that you can't be mad at them, you know, because you lost out on this opportunity. Like that's on you. If you didn't charge correctly, um, I, I've had that so many times where I'm like mad while I'm taking these pictures. Like I'm supposed to be smiling and I'm just like, oh, I don't even want to be doing this. They're not paying me enough, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, I should have just asked for more instead of being mad at the brand who doesn't even know I'm mad at them. Like, <laughs> let's just save all that trouble and ask for what we want. And if they can't provide what we want, you know, it's okay to decline the deal. I love that. And that's when you're operating in abundance. You know what I mean? Because there will be another deal. There will be another opportunity. There'll be another chance. And I think maybe for a lot of people, maybe just especially those who are um, starting out and really putting stock in, in it going somewhere is that it's just like, you're just so excited to be asked or to get a yes or to get paid for the first time or something like that, that, um, that we skip over thinking about some of those other things. And so I love that you mentioned, um, you know, you you say what you mean and mean what you say when you're asking for what's necessary. Um, and because it's not even like outlandish, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's it's what's necessary to produce the the pro- the product or the service that's that they require. You know what I mean? Um, and then you have to profit because if you're a real business owner, if you're a real business, businesses profit. That that's a part of the, the the process at some point is that you should hopefully be profiting. And so um, I think it's a deep conversation when we start talking about like getting paid for things um, because a lot of people I think struggle with. Uh, like you mentioned, not seeing what they do as a skill or not seeing themselves as talented as they actually are or not seeing, um, you know, where the value lies in, in what they do. And so it's a, de- that's, it, it's a, that's a whole nother conversation in and of itself for sure. Um, but I just love that. I love that you have uh, gotten to the point where you've created it for yourself and then spruced it up, shared it with the world. Now I got to go get mine and stuff because I'm trying to be out here, add me another stream of income to this to this little, <laughs> to this little uh, repertoire over here and be able to do it confidently um, because there's reason and structure and, and logic behind it. So where I'm, well, actually my last question before we wrap up is that, do you feel like it's too late. Do you feel like it's too late for someone to start blogging, start you know creating content on Instagram, um, and hopping into hopping into this online world? No, it's never too late. There are people who like um, what's her name, Tabitha Brown? Is that her name? She blew, she you know she she came out last year and she and all this money. People love her online, and you know she's a unique voice. And I think there's always room for you know, more people to come online and share their perspectives because especially in the sustainability space for a long time, it was like very like, like one perspective was being heard and it was quite frankly, pretty boring. And the more voices that started, you know, popping up and speaking out and sharing their thoughts, 
it, it just expanded the space and made it more interesting. And that's that's for any niche. Um, if you have something to share of value and you think you can help someone um, by sharing this, it, whether it's in, through entertaining content, educational content, inspirational content, whatever it is, it's never too late. There's people who I've seen Another example is Kelly Stamps. She has like 500,000 followers on YouTube and she started not even a year ago, you know, like, so there's definitely room to grow, but people always, um, I think how you said like the abundance mindset, right? Like, I think it's having that mindset shift where instead of focusing on, you know, is there room for me? Is it just show up, provide value. Um, don't focus on the negative, like, because you'll talk yourself out of showing up at all. And then if you're just doing nothing, <laughs> you know, you're not you're not going to achieve what you want to achieve. So show up, share your message, and there's room for everyone. Um, just because like there, let's say, especially in the fashion space, there's a lot of fashion bloggers, but you might not like, you know, so-and-so style. But, you know, th- whoever's following online, they might like your style, you know. So there's so many people on this earth who, you know, you can connect with and build community with. Um so I say just show up and do your thing. Don't overthink it. I love it. So where can everyone find you to connect, to get their hands on this influencer rate calculator? It sounds like you don't have to have like a million followers to use this. It sounds like it's flexible for for someone at any size. But where can people find you to connect and maybe ask questions? Yeah, um, head over to, you go to my website, thriftsandtangles.com. I'm also on Instagram under thriftsandtangles. I'm on YouTube under thriftsandtangles. I actually have a video, like if you don't have um, $50 to spend on the influencer rate calculator, especially if you're beginning, I know that can be a lot of money. Um, I do have some resources on YouTube to kind of break down how to price yourself. And I think it's very detailed and helpful. Um, But if you don't like doing math and you just want to quickly, you know, <laughs> get the calculator to figure out what you can charge, um, go to influencerratecalculator.com. Uh, you can get it there. Um, and I think that's everywhere. I also have a podcast. It's called Let's Talk Orange by the Orange Collab. Um, I'm one of the co-hosts. Um, over on there, we also talk about pricing and um, share tips on how to master your social media presence. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on. Honestly, I could have kept you on for like millions of years, but I truly appreciate you for sharing just your journey and your experience and your willingness. You know what I mean? Like you could have created this calculator and just been like, now I know how to charge everybody all the money. And like, <laughs> I'm going to get all the clients. And you know, it's just, I appreciate you for not, um, obviously, because your spirit is just so kind and generous, but for being willing to share it with other people and have a conversation that not a lot of people are having, because I think it goes a long way and it makes it for, it makes it more, accessible for people to start asking questions of themselves and feeling more comfortable to ask other people too. Cause it's like, you know, with, as influencers, like, is this bad etiquette? Like to ask another influencer this thing or not or what? So you're opening up a conversation. I think that is really necessary to have. And I think that the more that influencers and creators um, stand together, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And support one another that it, 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 it serves to push forward um, the creator economy altogether. So I just want to appreciate you for that. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. This was a great conversation. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded. 
You can also leave a review or send me your feedback. Doing so helps me to create content that's relevant to what you want to hear about. And last, you can share the podcast with a friend. Whether it's directly or sharing it on your social media, it helps them to know that you think that this is information that they need to hear about. Thank you.